Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We at Clarion Call Christian Center are delighted that you chose to listen to our worship service. Each of our pastors endeavor to preach the word of God with clarity to your spirit. So let us enter the service already in progress. those of you that have your Bible, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 10. The Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 10, and we're going to begin reading at verse 17. If you have it, say amen. And the reading of the word says, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. May God have a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. And, and it's so much of a blessing of how the spirit moves in this house because the title of this message this morning is Kingdom Authority. <laughs> Amen. Right where Pastor left off about understanding the kingdom. Kingdom authority. If I was to say my relationship with God, I would have to say that I love the Lord with all my heart with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. I love Jesus Christ, my Lord. And Deacon Ross, at the time that he comes up here and, and he's dealing with the things of the praise team, he says all the time, I love you, Jesus. And he has us to say it, I love you, Jesus, as a means of saying that there is a, a, a word that should be inside of you, that you love Jesus just like I love Jesus. Because it's all about relationship. It's all about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because see, it's like Pastor said, if you, were, if you were to look at what it says in this book, Jesus has 
promises that go through this whole book for you and me about the powerful relationship that we can have with him. That's the promise of Christ for you and me. He says in Psalm 84 and 11, no good thing will I withhold from them that walk uprightly. There's nothing that he will hold back from you. He says in 2 Peter 1 and 3, according to as his divine power has given unto us all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. He says that we have everything that we need. And it's in Jesus Christ. If we were to look at 2 Thessalonians 4 and 12, it would say that ye may walk honestly towards them that are without and that ye may have lack of nothing. You ain't going to lack not one good thing that the Lord has for you. These are promises that God has for each and every one of our lives. If we were to look at Joshua 1 and 8, it would say that we could be prosperous. But it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. He says, meditate on it day and night and do according to all that it says therein. It says, then you will prosper. And then you shall have good success. That's a promise from God. We, we could go through this Bible and it could tell us of a, a many of promises that Christ has laid out for each and every one of us. In this world, every promise is about authority. It's about your kingdom authority. And that's we're supposed to walk in it. We're supposed to live by it. We're supposed to let it be a part of our very lives. The kingdom authority that God has ordained for you and I to walk in. If we look at what it says in John 14 and 12, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. Now, if we were going to look at the life of Jesus, we knew that he healed the sick, that he raised the dead, that he did miracles on top of miracles, and he said greater works than these will you do. But it's all about walking in that authority. And he says that we have that authority in Jesus Christ. You know, so often I stand before you and what is a part of the message that I usually am saying to you is how to overcome problems, how to get past your challenges, 
how to get past the, the difficulties of life, how to, how to not let the things of the cares of this world get next to you. But if we look at what all of those things are, the problems, the difficulties, the challenges, all of us can say, it's life. We're going to have those kind of things in life. He says that you're going to have trials and tribulations because they're a part of life. We're going to have those kind of struggles. But, and we recognize that God uses those struggles and those challenges and those issues of life to prepare us for that that he has already ordained for us to do. The last time I stood before you, I talked about how God has a purpose for our lives. How he has a plan for each and every aspect of what we go through in life. And we've got to get to a point of understanding that God has given us uh, the authority, the authority to fulfill that purpose. He's giving us the authority to carry out that plan. And when we look at it from the standpoint of, of authority, authority takes us to our destiny. Authority is a part of our call of God. And authority is how we move forward. We've got to do it with authority. We can't be weak. We can't be timid. We've got to do what God has called us to do with authority, because when we do it with authority, authority says that I'm able. Authority says that I'm capable of doing this. Authority says that I've got what I need to do it. Authority also says that I no longer have that question of can I or can't I. Authority tells me that I have what it needs. I have the power to overcome whatever is trying to stop me because I'm walking in the authority of Almighty God. Now, to understand our text this morning, we've got to be able to look back at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 9. Looking at verse 18. When we look at Luke chapter 9 and verse 18, the Bible says that Jesus came to his disciples and he said, Whom say the people that I am? And the Bible says that some say that you were John the Baptist, some say Elias, some say a prophet. And then in verse 20, I mean, in verse 20, he said, but whom say ye that I am? See, we've got to know Jesus for ourselves. We've got to be able to say, you are the Christ, as Peter did, the son of the living God. We've got to know God for ourselves. We've got to know Jesus for ourselves. It's not what mama tells us who Jesus is. 
It's not who daddy said Jesus is. Who pastor said Jesus is. Who your best friend said Jesus is. It's a, what Jesus has declared to you who he is. And you've got to know him for himself because knowing Jesus is what helps you to walk in that authority. Because the authority is in the name of Jesus. He told his disciples in Luke verse 9, he said, he gave the power and authority over all devils and to cure all diseases. Do you know you have that same authority? Do you have that same power to overcome all the works of the enemy? That he gave you the power and the authority over all the devils, every gimp, demon, every imp, every cohort, everything that he uses, he said, I've given you authority over all of them. But you've got to know who I am to be able to walk in that authority because it's in the name of Jesus, nobody else. It can't come from nowhere else. It has to come from the name of Jesus. If we were to look at what it says in our text, beginning with Luke, Let's begin the reading at verse 1. It says, And these things the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, Harvest truly is great, and the laborers are few. Pray ye. The Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labor into his harvest. Go your way, therefore, and send forth as lambs among wolves, carrying neither purse, nor scrip, nor shoes, nor salute, no man by the way. And into whatever house you enter first, say, Peace be to this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. And in the same house remain eating, drinking such things as they give, for the labor is worthy of the hire, of his hire. Go not from house to house, and into whatever city you enter, and receive you each such thing as is set before you. And heal the sick that there within and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. He told the 70 just like he told the 12 in, verse, in chapter 9. He said, I'm sending you out. Don't take no money with you. Don't take no purse. Don't take no food. Don't, don't try to buy a place to stay. He said, just go with what you got. Because he was saying to them, 
before you're able to go out and do what I'm calling you to do, you've got to trust me. You've got to put everything. You ain't got no money. You've got to trust me. I'm going to give you food to eat. You've got to trust me that I'm going to make provision for you to lay your head at night. You've got to trust me. So it doesn't matter what you have in your hands or what you have in your pocket or how much money is in the bank. We've got to depend on Jesus. And he said to them that in both these chapters, verse, chapter 9, as well as chapter 10, it's talking about discipleship. The Bible says in Romans 10 and 9 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That salvation is for discipleship. He wants us to learn of him. Because discipleship is going to cost you something. You remember the Bible said in, in chapter 9, he said the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of God has no place to lay his head. He's saying that this call doesn't mean that you're going to have all the, the goodness of what it is you want out of life. He said, I don't have nothing, but I'm still blessed. And if you go down and you read that chapter, it talks about one guy saying, let me go and bury my father. His father wasn't dead. He was trying to wait till his father died so he could get some inheritance. And if Jesus don't have no money and he's going to have me well, sleeping outside, I need to wait and get my hands on some money so I can cover myself, have me some money to eat with, have me a place to stay. And he said, another one said to him, he said, let me go and, and check on my family, make sure everything's okay. That man wants to go and borrow some money from relatives. If I'm going to go out here with Jesus and he ain't got nothing, I need something to make sure I'm covered. See, that's the way we think, that, that we've got to be covered first. But Jesus said, I want you to come to me as you are. I want you. I don't want what you got, what you want, what you need. I want you. The Bible says in John 66, I mean, John 6 and 66, he said there was some that said to him, oh, no, we can't follow him. He wants too much out of us. So they left. But the 70 stayed with him, and, and, and they said, I'm going to agree to what it is that you want me to do. And because of what they agreed to, they said that because of what God wants from me, this discipleship, like I said, it's going to cost you, you. That means that what you used to do, you ain't going to be able to do that no more. What you like to do, you're going to have to change that up. Because there's a difference in what discipleship wants from you. It changes you from being a follower of God, which you will be, 
but it causes you to be a rescuer for God. I'm rescuing my family out of the clutches of hell. I'm 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 rescuing my co-worker from the clutches of Satan. I'm rescuing my friends and my family from what the forces of darkness has on my family. I'm I'm rescuing the people that's out on the world that has no clue who God is. I become a rescue. That's what a disciple is because they're in a fight for their lives. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 12, he says again, they're in a fight against principalities, against power, against rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, because they don't understand their authority. And that's what God is calling us to do, that let them know that they have kingdom authority. And that authority is in Jesus Christ. The Bible says in in our text, in verse 17, it says that the the 70 returned with joy. Now, when you you look at these 70, they were like John the Baptist. They were like forerunners. They would go to the town that Jesus was going to be going to, and they would go in and they would tell people, Jesus, about Jesus, how good he is, how he's a blessing to your life, how he does miracles in the name of God. And, and And they would lay the foundation before Jesus got there. And, and and what they did was you you can almost imagine that they they dealt with ridicule, being talked about, get away from me. I don't want to hear about this Jesus you telling me about. But with all that, even with all that was turned away and, and talked about and, and made to feel inferior, they still came back saying, we got joy. See, discipleship means that you got joy because somewhere somebody is going to say yes to Jesus. And if I can get just one, I got a reason to, to be joyful. If I can just get one to say yes to his will and yes to his way, I've got a reason to raise my hand and give God praise. So they came back because they were joyful about what it was that God was doing in their lives. Past the ridicule, past everything else, and what they were really joyful about was what they said. The devil is subject to us. See, that's when you know that you've got authority. When you know that Satan is under your feet and you've got authority over him. That he's subject to your words. The Bible says we got, we, Satan was subject to us by thy name. See, the key point of that is by thy name. The power is not in you. The power is in Jesus Christ. And you've got to understand where the power is. 
You got to understand that in Jesus, you've got authority. Amen. Verse 18 says, I beheld Satan as lightning falling. The power that is represented here is not that Jesus saw him when he fell from heaven at creation. He wasn't talking about him falling into the abyss at the end in Revelation. He was saying, like, I seen him fall, like it was present tense. You, you, you know how lightning is it? And then it gets dark, and then it shoots out again, and then it gets dark. It's saying here that I saw Satan fall like lightning, meaning that every time somebody said yes to Jesus because of what you said, Satan's authority fell. And you can see it like lightning falling. Every time somebody said, I'll give my heart to Jesus because you said something to him, to say, God is good, then Satan's authority fell like lightning. You've got to realize what kind of authority, what kind of power that you have. Because the Bible says in Hosea 4 and 6, it says, our people are destroyed. For the lack of knowledge. See, Jesus doesn't cause them to perish. It's the lack of not understanding your authority in Christ that causes you to perish. You've got to know Christ for yourself. The power that you have in what Jesus is doing. The Bible says in verse 19, he, he starts off by saying, Behold, he says, understand. Understand this. He says, Satan is subject to you and I. Under the power of Jesus Christ, Satan is subject to you and I. And he's not happy about that. And that's where that problems and, and challenges and difficulties come in because Satan is not happy with the authority that you have in Jesus Christ. That's why he brings the problem. That's why he brought, causes the thoughts and the discourses and the, the challenges to come about because he's trying to get you to let go of that power. He's trying to get you to, to step back and, and let him have a foothold in, in something. And, and you're saying, no, I got power in Christ. God is my authority. And because of it, Jesus said, I'll give unto you power. And I'm not slacked on my promises. You've got power and authority over the tricks of the enemy. And he says, take that power and put on the whole armor of God and fight this demon from the host of hell and defeat him because I've given you the authority to do it. See, we, we have authority in Jesus Christ. We have the power, the dunamis power. 
to do exploits for the glory of God. And it's time for us to walk in that authority. It's time for us to live in that authority. It's time for us to proclaim who we are in that authority. See, you are a child of the Most High God. You are a child of the King. You are royalty in his eyes. You are heirs and joint heirs of the Most High God. You have authority in Christ Jesus. But the Bible says in verse 20, he says, all of that is so good. All of that that you have authority, that you can cast Satan out from your circumstances. You can put him under your foot. You, you've got that kind of authority. But, but the Bible says, don't rejoice in that authority. Oh, how good it is, how much of a blessing that it is. He said, but don't really rejoice in that authority. He said, rejoice in the fact that your name is signed in the book of heaven. See, that's what it's all about. That's what the discipleship is all about, that your name is signed in heaven. Oh, there are some books. Oh, there are some, some things that, that declares whether you're in the book of, of life. The Bible says in Exodus 32 that your name is in the book of life. It says it's in Psalm 69 that there is a book that your name is in. It says it in Isaiah chapter 4 that there is a book and your name is in that book. It says it in Daniel 12 and Revelation 3 and Revelation 13 that there is a book that your name is signed in. But Jesus, if he came to you and said, you know, whatever that doubt is that you have in your mind, let me clear that up right now. Your name, Sister Lucas, is signed in the book of life. Your name, Deacon Johnson, is in the book of life. Your name, Sister Falk, is in the book of life. Your name, Pastor, is signed in the book of life. He said, I signed your name in the book of life because you gave up your life for me. You took on the ridicule. You took on the, the being talked about. You took on the challenges. You took on all the hurts and the pain that somebody would be taken out of darkness and brought into the marvelous light. You declared me before the law and because of it, your name. It's signed in the book of life. Now my question to you is, how many people have you declared Jesus Christ is good? Jesus Christ is awesome. Jesus Christ can help you out of whatever it is that you're going through. Do you believe in Christ? Do you stand on the blood of Jesus? Do you love him with your whole heart? Because, see, when you declare that to people, your name is signed. 
Because it's all about discipleship. It's all about me learning about Jesus. And then once I learn about it, go on and tell somebody else about Jesus. And let them learn about him and let, let him go tell somebody else. Because we don't want nobody getting lost. And spend eternally in the fiery furnace. We want all to be saved. And come to the knowledge of the truth. So I'm letting you know this morning, church, your name is signed in the book of life because you have kingdom authority. Do you believe it? Give the Lord a hand praise. Oh, glory. Glory. We at Clarion Call Christian Center thank God that you worship with us. We are located at 213 Green Street in the city of Warner Robins, Georgia. Feel free to join us at any of our scheduled services or fellowships. They are worship service each Sunday morning at 10 a.m., Sunday school, second and fourth Sundays at 9 a.m., Bible study every Tuesday at 7 p.m., Women of the Kingdom Sisterhood Fellowship every second Saturday at 10 a.m. Remember that you are a value to the kingdom of God. Be blessed.